G'day and welcome to Stacks Podcast. Once again, it is Jai with you from the Rock Garage. And today we've got um, a very good friend of mine, actually. Uh, met uh, Joe and the boys from Chuck Hombre a little while back. And uh, they come and did a uh, band comp that we're involved in. And yeah, and uh, struck up a bit of a good relationship with these lads. They sort of play in the same vein, live in the same vein. And we kind of have a lot of philosophies, I think, that are down the same path. So without any further ado, I'm going to introduce you to the world of Mr. Joe Pierce from Chuck Ombre. How are you, Joe? G'day, mate. How are you going? I'm doing quite well. Thanks for asking. So, um, mate, we just done a gig. We done a gig at the it used to be the old Swingin' Pig. What, what Bar Indigo? When did that come about? Sorry, mate. It's always been Bar Indigo for uh, I think a couple of years now, isn't it? But um, it's actually three three individual pubs there. I think you got Swingin' Pig, you got Sidelines, and Bar Indigo. But um, yeah, it was a good night. <laughs> it was, mate. It was. Um, so we're there for uh, Clint and Creative Flow. It was his show tonight. And uh, we're sitting out the back at the moment, just to paint a picture, we're at uh, Maddie's place from Chuck Ombre. Sitting out the back, as, uh, as I look around, we've got the Australian uh, boxing kangaroo on a flag that I think the last time I saw that was, oh geez, I'm thinking Australia too. 86. Yeah. 1986. 1986. No, it wasn't Australia, wasn't it 88 or something? The uh, Fremantle Cup or what are they call it? what was it called? <laughs> was it the Fremantle Cup? The Fremantle Cup. Nah, it was America's Cup, wasn't it? Was it eighty eight or what? When was it? I don't know. Yeah, it was America's Cup. So uh, that's when the Australia two with the wing keel, Ben Lexon, hey. I believe, came out and he designed the uh, Alan Bond, yeah. the, uh, the, the the wing yeah. the wing keel. Bondy's money, wasn't it? And uh, that was massive. Oh, yeah. It was all it was all happening in uh, Fremantle around about those times. So uh, the boxing kangaroo. Yeah, how long you, how long you had that, Matty? Uh oh man, probably about eight years. So I didn't know, I hadn't seen it for ages, but I think that's where it sort of become really iconic. I remember they flew that flag on the boat, and I was like, it's pretty Matt cool. Stole it. Matt stole that flag, so if you've been looking for it, Bondi, now you know where it is. <laughs> didn't he die? Well, you'll never find it then. <laughs> <laughs> he's trapped. Eileen might he's be looking for looking. it. Eileen might want it to go of the cup, mate, she's got in her mantle. <laughs> so we're uh, we're sitting at a place down in Rockingham. We're we're close to the foreshore, and um, we've just yeah, as I said, been to, been to a gig. Now a couple of things I want to bring up tonight, lads, is what the fuck is going on with crowds to live music? What what is it that people are allergic to in this state about what's going on with live original music? Well, I'd have to say myself, <coughs> not much is going on with live original music, man. You know, unfortunately. I think we should all uh, shoot the cover bands and then there might be more crowds for the live original bands. Would there be though? Or would they just, you know, people want to go out and sing to shit they know, you know, like they don't want to see new stuff. Yet then if you go out and then you play the same old, same old, they're the first to go, oh man, I'm so sick of hearing that stuff. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I could hear in between bands Macarena coming from the next room tonight. <laughs> And it just makes me pretty sad to know that there's people listening to that and missing out on good live music. At the end of the day, the um, <clears throat> the live original stuff is where the covers come from. So, you know, you got to support the originals first before you can have a cover. 
So we could have listened to some awesome tunes, which we'll put on the show. We'll put a song on from Chuck Ombre. Or we could have went and fucking all toe-tapped to the Macarena tonight. <laughs> or do the, uh, the locomotion, eh, with Kylie. <laughs> <laughs> do the locomotion with me. Kylie, what's, what's she doing these days? Is it X- I haven't seen Kylie for years. Didn't Kylie and Danny get on X Factor the other night? That was atrocious, I tell you. I think they did. I think, <laughs> Not I think, that I watched it. Although Danny did look better than Kylie. Yeah, true. I reckon I'm always for. I'm a dark-headed girl guy myself. Well, I think Danny's had breast implants. That was probably the attraction. Pretty sure Danny's the only one that's posed for Playboy. Hey, are you for breast implants or do you think natural? Are you a natural or, or do you? I don't mind them personally. Well, personally, I was only ever told there's two words that would make you go back to an ex: breast implants. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care either way, mate. Eh? As long as they, as long as they're all right. Yeah, of course. Come on in. We've got, uh, we've got all the crew back here at the moment. We're sort of party at party at Matt's place. It's a smoke-free area. You might admit. Oh, is it? Sorry. Yeah. You don't want to wreck as, the vocal cords. As as Maddie lights up the greenies. Oh uh, yeah. Where's the ashtray, please? Here. It's a shell. How often do you see that, mate? You see the old, the old, the old shell as the ashtray, and everyone goes like, "Look at that shell ashtray, pretty original." That is rock and roll right there, isn't it? <laughs> Don't you reckon? It's been going on for a long time. I've seen a turtle shell guitar. That was pretty rock and roll. Is that is that um, kosher nowadays or what? I don't know. It'd be, I suppose if the turtle's dead, it's okay. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know how you'd go like knocking out a pretty wicked lead solo and that with the bloody flappers on a turtle going around. It'd, it'd probably resonate. <laughs> trying to gain some traction. Hey, yeah, it would resonate awesome. <laughs> Might be an extra set of uh, new, new picking action. I'm still, I'm still cracking up at you, Maddie, saying dead set the Macarena was going on next door while you guys were playing your set. Yeah. No, while you were playing, John. Oh, while you were playing, bands. mate. I heard it in between bands. Oh, I reckon they would have turned it up while we were playing then. No, no. It was only when you stopped that we could hear it. We needed you to keep playing a bit more, mate. Don't have too much chit-chat in between songs next time, bro.
Mate, so you um, oh, talk a little bit about. I oh, know we are kind of a music podcast, but talk a little bit about your guitar tonight. I love it. Tell me, tell me a bit about that that fine instrument you're playing tonight. What what made it so original? I I, I had to touch it. It was like the furry walls in. Uh, it was like the furry walls, man. I just felt like I had to stroke it. You, you like him, did you? I call him Will Flannel. Will Flannel, because he's a pretty good guitar. I mean. If ZZ Top can put fluff on their guitars, mate, why can't I put flannel on it? You know, that's that's rock and roll right there. Mate, it looks all too new, flannel too. Did you donate actually a brand new one to the cause? I bought a flannel with a hoodie on it and it just wasn't rock and roll and it wasn't bogan enough, so I had to cut it up. Yeah, Matt reckoned it looked like a Highland guitar, but that's still cool, yeah, it isn't it? a bit Scottish you know? to me when he first showed me. Yeah. Looked a bit like a, uh, he was going to do a jig and dance around with it. And flash the kilt. <laughs> You don't want to flash what's underneath that guitar, do you? <laughs> mate, you're a blood nut. You'd be a berserker. You'd be a berserker, wouldn't you? Well, nah. I'm all right, mate. We've got a boiling point of 110, so <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty standard. I thought it was 100 boiling point, so I go a little bit over. So, yeah, it takes a little bit longer to uh, to um, upset this this ranger. <laughs> oh, excellent. Yeah, there was... Uh, Mate, tell me, what, what's, uh, what's happening in Quinana that's massive in the last 12 months? The hydrotherapy pool. <laughs> yeah, man, now you're talking. That I tend to twice a week. For, what, for a bit of hydrotherapy? Oh, yeah, but there's the wrong type of hydrotherapy, mate. They've only got hot water there. <laughs> they just they just built it because I said hydrotherapy. They thought they were just going to get their plants to grow better down here, wasn't it? Oh, you should have seen the people that turned up on opening day and none of them have come back since. <laughs> yeah, but... Um, the water's still there, though, so anybody that needs to irrigate. <laughs> Hydrotherapy course. you got to be bogan under the sun, just rocking up going, fuck you, yeah, man, where's the pot? Yeah, and, and and at the same time, you have the hydro and you get the therapy as well. So, um, you know, it's like being so, like, like being counselled at the same time as being on a drug rehab, isn't it, sort of thing? Yeah. Hydrotherapy. I never thought of it like that. It's pretty funny. Hydrotherapy. Works well. Works wonders, the old hydrotherapy. <laughs> Take it in any which way you want, mate. Both work well. I can, I can tell you. It's funny if you had all these eighty-year-olds walk up and they're just like smashing the cookies and they're all just like floating around the room, just like loving it. Oh man, this is this. Oh, I don't, I don't feel no pain. Nah, they um, they they bring some cookie dough and I I cook it up, you know, in the um in the back room and we all get on it. So it's pretty good, pretty good fun. <laughs> when did you start playing, Maddie? Uh, I started playing guitar in high school. I uh, started getting lessons at school and pretty much dropped it after that. Did, did you find that, oh, you know the saying, like, play guitar when you're young and that gets the chicks? Didn't work for me. What no, about you? It didn't work for me either. I, I, was so, I sort of got, oh, fuck, not the guitar again. Uh, well, I've, I've pulled my fair share of chicks. <laughs> I don't know if it had anything to do with the guitar or if it was just they were drunk on the night. <laughs> I don't know if that's... I don't know. I mean, that's you can't, like, dose a chick up and call it a... You can't You can't peg that one on the board. No. If if you've actually given them straight vodka all night while you drank water, it's not a very fair game, is it? 
True. So, uh, Chuck Hombre, man, Tuts tonight. He said he had a headache. What was going on? Is he all right? He is a fucking headache. <laughs> <laughs> There's not no. a day goes by he isn't hard work. That guy, is he? No, he's fine. I think hey, he's, he I'm, said he's been sick for. You, uh, you guys have you guys have got your hands on a shit hot little drummer. He's he's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. When he doesn't have a headache, he's all right. He snapped, he snapped three three sticks in about two songs tonight. Do you think he was angry? Do you think he's got some inner anger issues going on there tonight? Because he was really smacking them drums tonight. I think me and him have got some issues that need to be resolved. You know, over the over the years, we've always had conflict. It's been good banter. You know, but there's always you can always feel the energy when we're in the same room together. I, I think you, you I don't think, or you might be too much on the tuts, and he's building up all this inner rage. And I think I've just figured out what's going on. He's actually trying to hit that rim shot perfect, so it spears <laughs> a broken drumstick off straight into the back of the head. Well, and you, and you, eyes. and you, like, yeah, that's rock and roll. Thank you, New York. Good night. And you just drop dead onto the onto <laughs> the dance floor. Yeah, the Chuck Hombre Smackdown. <laughs> Smackdown. Yeah. 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 Well, you said there's something there, there's something built up. Let's get Last it out. Last man standing, winner takes all. I'll be like referee yeah. Jai McCarthy, and I'll be like, let's get it all. <laughs> Are you ready? Are you ready? We'll play a set and then we'll have a fight. Yeah, that'd be cool, wouldn't it? That's the new, that's a new gimmick on stage. We'll beat each other up after we play our last song. And bring the weapon of your choice. He can bring a drumstick. And I'll bring a Just, guitar. And you bring a guitar. Who do you reckon will oh, win? I don't know. It depends if you. I've got a chain on my guitar. I'll just rip that off. What if, he, what if he sharpen the edges? Start swinging it like an axe. That might work. That actually might work. I think one one little uh, bump to the head and you'll be out anyways, ain't you, little fella? Yeah, true. And and without a head, and he doesn't no more headaches. Doesn't have far to fall anyway because he's just little. So um, you know, it'd hurt me more if he knocked me out than if I knocked him out. <laughs> Uh, I must admit, what uh, the girl, you'd done a, ra- a radio interview, was it yesterday? Yeah, it was yesterday, wasn't it, mate? Yep. Yesterday, yep. Pirate 88, Freo, thanks for that, that was a great time. And, and <laughs> I had to laugh, Joe and I were talking just before you got out here, Matt, and he said you were, you were practising what to say on radio yesterday, and you thought, I'm just going to run through what I, what I need to say yesterday, and you're just nodding your head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because... Uh, as you may have heard, it's hard to get a word in when Joe's talking. I've just got all the best stories, mate. It's not my problem. Uh, okay. Matt's a fence-sitter. Matt, Matt is a fence-sitter. He doesn't like conflict between the, the rest of the band. Me and Tuts can be fighting like mongrel dogs, and Matt will sit there and won't take either of our fucking sides. Yeah, good way to be, Matt. Yeah, it's pretty good. That way, that way you're still on both. You're still on the both Christmas card list. Yeah, no stress, no dramas. Do you ever pull out the man, dudes? Why can't we just all get along? Quite regular. Yeah. <laughs> it's pointless. We do get along. We, we it's just all for show, mate. The banter's just yeah. for show. We get along like a house on fire. It's always good banter. Tell me, um, when you've been on stage, what's the funniest thing you've seen happen in the crowd? Is there anything? Not funniest. Strangest. Yeah, go on. F- give us that one. Oh, probably the Merowa when the uh, angry lady came out and had a go at Tuts and us for being too loud. Yeah, that was funny. It was, uh, yeah, pretty funny. We were playing outside, but she was inside, but we were still too, t- still too loud for her. Was that the manager? No, it was the, just some, the blonde. No, it was just some rogue fucking crackle or something like that. Yeah, yeah, they were inside playing pool and we were too loud, apparently. She was the only one that had a problem by the sounds of it, but she came out and tried to turn the PA off and 
sat down with Tuts, and Tuts didn't miss a beat. He kept playing. Yeah, she was right up in his face during the song, mate, abusing the living fuck out of him. And, you know, like, we're in the middle of a song. And uh, it wasn't until later on we looked back on the GoPro footage and seen him getting abused. (laughs) And, yeah, he didn't miss a beat, mate. He was having a full argument with her, still played note for note all the way through the song. It was great. Great. (laughs) I think we need to copy that. Although there was another good, no- uh, the other week, Rosemount, that was pretty cool. We had uh, the other bands we played with ended up invading our stage on the end of the night. We were the last act playing, so it was, you know, it was pretty cool to see that they all, all dug the material and got up and jumped up, jumped up on stage, ran right, grabbed the mic, smashing on the drums and all that sort of stuff. It was good fun. Heaps of fun. What uh, what were the bands? Uh, Murderbirds, um, Two for Flinching, Crash Rat, which was like Bunbury's version of uh, Steel Panther. Good sh- yeah, funny shit, eh? And, uh, awesome. Yeah. Um, you get that at 1am after a big day? Brain farts. Brain farts. I'll be going close. It's actually 12.51am. Yeah. That's <sighs> About nine minutes. Oh, Who's right. counting? You are, Joe. Sorry, you did. Oh, was <laughs> I just corrected you. 3.30. Going to work. 4am start. Calls himself a rock star and still got a day job. Yeah. You got to have an honest living sometimes. Yeah, it's called the doll. Yeah. <laughs> it's only honest if you feel your phones out, right? Yeah, it's honest. Exactly right. I turned up to every interview. The thing is with the doll, you know, I was on the doll for a few years and I thought, you know, it's bullshit about the doll. I've been on it for three fucking years straight, turned up to every interview, went to every fucking thing I had to, and you can get Johnny Average walking off the street that day and still have the same rate of pay as me. Fucking piss me off. Yeah, I reckon <laughs> yeah, there should be there should be long service. Yeah, what about be, where's where's the where's the watch after ten years? Should have been on more hourly rate than these new clowns coming off the street. You know what I mean? And you're better at being on the dole because you've got experience. Yeah, and I, I'd done everything that was ever asked of me. You know, the worst one of the funniest thing happened. When I was on the dole. We rocked up to a um, uh, we had like a PVS work fine meeting and. Another guy I was uh, doing a bit of part-time work with, he says to me, hey, did you get your, your check today? I said, what check? He said, oh, I just got 25 bucks, mate. I went straight out and bought a stick with it. And I said, no, nah, I never got a check. I turned around and asked why I didn't get a check. And they said, oh, because you turn up to all your meetings. So the government had given their money to, as an incentive for the rogues that never turn up to their interviews or meetings. And that was their, uh, that was their payment. Meanwhile, poor old me did everything I was asked to do and I got penalised, mate. Didn't even lash me a cone out of his stick either, the bastard. How, 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 that's so easy to believe from the government. No, true story. You know, I wouldn't lie. I don't lie. That is crazy. You have one, then I'll That is funny. It wasn't funny because he ended up with a stick and was stoned and I was fucking straight as. <laughs> Crime does pay. Yeah, if you're a doll bludger, make sure you're a, um, a, a bad doll bludger. Don't be one of these good ones, you know. Have you seen these days, actually? You don't even... Remember the old days you had to line up at Centrelink and you, you had to go in and, and hand in your form and, you know, like... You, and you'd, you'd dress really bad to look like you can't afford shoes, so you'd have your Centrelink clothes you'd put on every fortnight. I actually went to Centrelink to sign up, and I never, ever signed up because I couldn't be fucked waiting in line the whole time. I left before <laughs> I even signed up. I, I, was at, I was at Centrelink once. It's easier to get a job than line up for fucking Centrelink. I was at Centrelink once, and um, these real, like, mung bean, scungy motherfuckers pulled up. They had no shoes on, nothing like that. They pull up and they said, look, we've just been cut off our dole. We spoke to you guys on the phone. They said, you're going to give us emergency payment. We can't afford to pay for food for our kids, fucking pay the rent, nothing. The lady says to him, just take a seat over there. 
no no more than three seconds after she says take a seat the scungy dude says i'll meet you over there in a minute babe i'm just gonna go buy a pack of ciggies so they've got no money but they've got money for ciggies and they're looking for handouts you know what i mean that's uh ciggies don't come in under the budget it's kind of it's it's an under the table deal exactly right you know like um you always got to make sure there's enough money for ciggies before you feed the children (laughs) and before you put shoes on your feet (laughs) ciggies mate what are they worth now 20 bucks a packet that shit will kill you old ciggies i've never smoked never smoked ciggies that's that's why we get along so well joy because we've never smoked that's what it is we're brothers in uh brothers from different mothers yeah well, I'm glad we're not from the same mother. No, if we're from the same mother, could you imagine the trouble that would have been caused in that household when we were younger? Fuck <laughs> me. You would have been jealous because I obviously got the good tit. Yeah. Well, you would have been jealous because you got all the leftover crap and I got all the good genes, mate. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not talking about clothing. No, neither am I. I was talking about tracky pants. <laughs> I wear slacks, bro, not jeans. <laughs> oh, tra- why, why can't you? Have you ever seen anyone do a gig in tracky pants? I don't know, but it sounds like a good idea, eh? I played with a guy. Yes, yes. Now, come to mention it, we uh, we did a gig with a um, verbalise, some like DJ that or DJ rapper dude. He was gonna go large, he reckoned. Him and his mate turned up in trackies. His mate had a full like matching grey tracksuit, hoodie, tracksuit pants, everything. I think he must have lived in it for the last three months under a bridge because he fucking stunk, eh? I tell you. But um, yeah, he he did have a trackie on. We had a guy in the studio the other night that obviously hasn't showered for ever. Yeah. <laughs> and I walked in there and they didn't have the air con on. And you know when you, you walk Still in and you, you're trying to talk to them and you're, you're trying to shorten the conversation because you really need to breathe at some point <laughs> and you just don't want to take a lungful of stain. <laughs> All right. Mate, I'm hearing you. I used to work with a Japanese guy in the composite industry and we used to be in a sealed up room and I swear he used to eat raw fish for breakfast because fuck me. You know, his breath would actually take your breath away. It would make you cough. You know, like uh, steals the air. Yeah, one of the one of the other guys we worked with used to suddenly come in and offer us all mints, so he didn't feel like we'll just like, you know, you know. That's smart. That's smart. No, you That's... want a mint, mate? You want a mint? Oh yeah, grab one. Then he would go, oh no, thank you, I don't need one. <laughs> Please, please have a mint. Have a mint. So he's he's laid out for a massive box of mints, yeah, yeah. just to just to get it to uh, Hiro. He and by mint factory after all. To Hiro Yakayama, and uh, unfortunately he's uh, doesn't want doesn't want one. No, thank you. Take away a flavour of my sushi, <laughs> please. He used to ask me for the lead container, so I'd give him a container full of lead, and he'd go, no, I say lead container. He wanted a fucking red one. And I'd say, mate, why don't you just say red? If you can say like, ah. When you're supposed to say L, why can't you say L when you're supposed to say R? I um I've been I've been helping out my wife Kaneko for those that are listening is Japanese and and I've been approached by some of her friends over the time you know just to help out so or give them a, a, something in English to learn that'll help their English and I always say say red leather yellow leather a hundred times and red leather yellow leather red 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 and the thing is they can and say there's it. the lesson i say you know like i could say come back in six months and let me know how you're going with that yeah but they say instead of saying please they say prees but then when they say red they say lead but they've just already said prees why can't they say red yeah they could say and i asked the same question but it's apparently it's not in their vocabulary, is it? Those those um, 
those those actual letters. I don't well, think those now. No, they because they do speak in the Japanese language now. There's a lot of Western words, but they do say them different. But to them, when they see PR, it's pull. When they see red, it's all. So that's every. It's just the way it is. And and I suppose to get to get them to change it was pretty hard. But that red leather, yellow, I can't even say. It. Yeah, I'm flat out with it. So imagine someone learning the language of English is. Is how they're going with it. Just teach them, okay, mate. All right then, Cobber. Throw another shrimp on the barbie. Kanako's a classic. I've got to say stuff like, oh, yeah? Oh, it's buggered. And just when you hear someone who's like, you know, English is their second language to start naturally saying stuff, oh, shit, eh? Oh, this is shit as. <laughs> and like, it's unreal hearing it. Like, you know, she's like, she doesn't speak, and her friends work for American Airlines, and she doesn't speak American English, which all her friends do. And I just got back off tour with a bunch of Americans, and uh, they didn't have a clue what we're talking about. Like we just we do speak. We're like you know we listen to Irish. Yeah, we speak fast. We speak fast, mate. We listen to Irish. We listen to Irish people talk, and and they haven't got a clue. Like we sit there going, "What the hell?" You know, like the the Brad Pitt character. Yeah, 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 for sure. Oh, you want to play caravan? You know. You have to have subtitles to understand them. Yeah, if anyone's having troubles understanding what we're saying, uh, unlucky. No subtitles in radio. No subtitles in radio. They got Braille in radio, didn't they? Do you want to hear a funny story about Braille? Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you a funny story about Braille just before we get started, Mr. Jodag. Did you know that the um, the funniest thing I ever thought about Braille was I hopped in a, an, uh, a BA Falcon and they had Braille on the cruise control, Braille on the stereo controls, Braille on fucking just about everything. I thought to myself, was the dude that made these Ford Falcons blind? Because why the fuck do you need Braille on the controls? Why is a blind person driving anyway? True story. You know Stevie Wonder owns a, owns a Bentley? Really? Like a really nice Braille? Bentley. And he, this is a true story. I've seen, and, and if you look on YouTube somewhere, you can find it. Stevie Wonder goes out and he hires out a whole, like, airstrip. And he hops in it with his minder, and they go for a drive. He drives the Bentley around the airstrip, and he's he's drivers going, yeah, you need to start turning left up here. Yep, keep going, keep going around. Now straighten up, beautiful, and you're good for another two kilometres. Hey, it's a bit like the old Running on Empty movie. You ever seen that? The blind guy drives his 57 Chevy, and he only knows when to stop because he knows it does six and a half seconds down the quarter mile or something. So when he counts to six and a half seconds, he knows to stop and turn around. Wow. Do you reckon it'd be like bumper bowling in that thing? Like, do you reckon it'd be <laughs> bumper bowling? Far out. Yeah, you'd need something like that key online, wouldn't you? Or you, you hope that the guy in the passenger seat's giving you the right directions. Left one, left one, right two, left one. Right. There's a concept, eh? Like just blind drag drivers, but they've got like bumper bowling down the side. So when they hit the side, it just catapults them into the next. We could be onto something right there, mate, eh? What do you reckon? I'd enjoy that a lot more than drags now. I would enjoy that a lot more than drags right now, too. Door slammers that just slam off these bumper bowling things. We've, we've got a great concept in... Uh, in We're talking drags. We got to dra- We had to get to drags. We live that, that close to Quinana. We're not funny. Yeah. <sighs> he did used to work for Motorplex. But we're just thinking about uh, drag cars. Yep. And do a lot of bumper bowling, so you do the big inflatable things down the side, and and then putting blindfolding the drivers. What about go karts, inflatable sides, and go karts? That'd be more fun. 
inflatable sides on the go-karts. It's like a slide cut sort of track halfway down, so you slip and slide and spin around. Or on an ice rink with... Yeah. yeah. Something, something similar. Really work on that uh, gas strut for the back door. You sounded better on the radio last night, though, by the way. You have a lot yeah, the guys were on the radio, on the pirate. You asked me a really good job last night, by the way. Joe, Joe could be in radio. Joe has got the best face for radio. <clears throat> Closely followed behind myself. I'm just here for kicks. Lay down so we can kick you then. Your name is Matt. Let's wipe our feet all over him. Hey, I needed two mats in my band because I got a left and a right foot. So the drummer's name is Matt and the guitarist and the, and the bass player's name is Matt. See what I mean? That joke just never gets fucking old, mate, I tell you. Not in my head, anyway. First time I've heard it. I laugh at all my own jokes, man, eh? I'm the funniest guy I know. I'd be calling one door, the other one floor. No, mats, two mats is good because, like I said, I've got a left and a right foot. Didn't you understand the concept to start with, Joe? Where you been? It was pretty simple. I get it now. Where would you be without your mats? <laughs> High and dry with dirty feet. <laughs> I think we were talking earlier about strange shit we've seen. Oh, that's what we're getting on. We're talking about Braille, weren't we? So Braille in a car, and we talked about Stevie Wonder. Here's here's the other thing. This is where I saw Braille. I went to Japan and went to Tokyo Tower, and you've got these observation decks as you go up, as you do with most towers. But they didn't have it on the standard observation tech. But when you pay the extra eleven bucks or something Australian to go up to the next, the next level, there's there's if you walk around, there's a handrail on the observation deck, and there's Braille. I think I remember you telling me that story, eh? That was pretty hilarious. Yeah. What, so you, you, you read the Braille and that tells you what you're looking at? It tells you what you're looking at. So you, you climb look this tower. Right, you're looking at Mount Fuji. If you look to the left, you're looking at Mount Sushi. Yeah. So I'm just wondering if 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 blind people know they're up high in the air. Because they say your, your senses heighten. Yeah. So I wonder if they know they're sort they of... Blind people don't look down when you're... <laughs> Up in the high heights of the uh, what was it? What was it called? You climbed up. What was the building or the tower? What was it again? Tokyo Tower. Tokyo Tower. Yeah. Did they say don't look down to that blind man? What did they write that in Braille? Do not look down. Well, there was Braille there. I, I never got to see anyone putting it into practice. You don't. You don't uh, speak fluent Braille. Don't speak fluent Braille. Can't can't read Braille. But I could tell what Mount Fuji was because it just sort of went horizontally dot dot dot, then started inclining, got to the top two dots across and then declined back to the horizontal dot 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 again uh, yeah. you made it out. <laughs> it was pretty impressive it was probably my favorite thing i think i've ever seen in japan and japan's full of weird stuff i bet it is i've never been but i can uh, <clears throat> i've seen a few people that have been and they're pretty weird <laughs> and and the ones that have come from there have been pretty weird speaking of weird people Fremantle. yeah that's full of weird people me. Fremantle is where the world converges on one little area and then it's just like a, uh, a honeypot of craziness, isn't it? It's like someone's gone through at Christmas and went, hey, hey, kids, Merry Christmas, here, here's the bad acid, here, <laughs> take some. Yeah. Every, everyone's just like left in the wake of this. And you're special, and you're special, <laughs> and you're special. Hey, buy some of my beads, I'm a hippie bead maker. There's so many backpackers in Frio, isn't there? Yeah, but you know what's sad? Like, they come out to WA, and I notice this. All the backpackers either come, jump on a bus and go out and see the northern parts, then they get back to the city, 
and they either hang around the train station, which isn't full of weirdos, or they go to Fremantle, which isn't full of weirdos, and they must go back to other countries going, yeah, Australia, fucking mental issues, dude. See what I'm saying? Well, we are. You think about it. We think about it. We are a, a colony of <laughs> crazy Irish. This conversation's going south real fast. That's why you can edit. That's a fucking great thing. You can edit. That's when you cut to an ad. Speaking of an ad, I can feel an ad coming on. Joe, need to jam, man. Jam. Yeah. Wondering, wondering, man. We really need to get a, our jam on. Do you know where we could possibly jam, Joe? Everywhere seems to be booked out, and we are up in the northern suburbs around Joondalup. Where could we possibly want to go? Well, if I was up in the northern suburbs around Joondalup, I'd want to head down to the Rock Garage myself, personally. Fuck a great bunch of guys down there. For sure, the Rock Garage. Best rehearsal space in the northern suburbs. More than happy to uh, accommodate whatever problems you got there to make sure you are all right on the night. So you want to record, you want to have fun, you want to do film, you want to just go jam with your bros or your broesses, get on down to the Rock Garage, 24 Mercer Lane, Joondalup, be there or you'll probably be somewhere else. Well, don't be somewhere else because that's the place to be. So if you're not there, you're missing out. All right, back to Chuck Hombre. Next gig, where's it at? Ravenswood Hotel. 13th of December great gig should be a good night oh a good day actually because it's a whole day festival I think it starts at about 11 in the the morning goes to about 10 at night and um, 17 acts two stages they're also launching a compilation CD so it's just a pretty much a celebration of all the local Peel area bands that's a really really good concept should be good yeah hopefully they're, they're trying to turn it into an annual event so you know you can actually hire like good houseboats down there how good would it be to go down stay for a couple of days bunk your houseboat up next to the river there uh next to the hotel on the river and just camp out the night go to that camp out on your houseboat get up crack a chamfers in the morning listen to music all day from your houseboat on the roof and look at everyone else just going i hate to think what the poor people are doing mate that'd be the life wouldn't it just mega yeah good good venue down there man people turn up at droves for that place when there's something decent on musically so i think you're going to be playing in front of a massive crowd yeah it should be good i'm, I'm looking forward to it don't know about matt and the rest of the others but um yeah, yeah. i am looking forward to it yeah now that i think about it yeah well time well timed in maddie yeah thanks <laughs> we've got a good slot too, what, what time are we on i think uh, eight, 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 or nine, eight or nine o'clock i think we're the like second last act for the whole day so that's awesome yeah, good time there's a good crowd there by then well nine o'clock's great because everyone's sort of you're getting all the late comers as well and then it's nine o'clock's a good time because you hit 10 11 o'clock people start disappearing well yeah. i think they shut shop at about 10 o'clock on the sunday there their license yeah so they got to pull the pin because it's a sunday <laughs> Very good, and uh, mate, a little bit about the album. You've got a, you, you've done a recorded with Petey Renzillo from Scudley Records. We're gonna have to talk about some something else in Scudley Records on this show too, by the way. Surely there's other recording people out there, but fuck them. Pete done a good job. Pete done a good job. He um, fucking sweet job. Yeah, we nudged it out in eight hours. So you know, but we had our shit together. We got in, get it done, and um, get out. I think from memory you guys said when we were talking about you guys coming up and playing in that Meriwah Battle of the Bands thing that you guys have been, you, you hadn't done that many live shows but you've been rehearsing for two or three years or something. 
Yeah, man, we've been around forever, but um, just never put any effort in to pull our fingers out. So that's probably like I think some bands, I, I reckon, even Blackjack's a little bit guilty of that is that we could probably still refine a bit more before we play in front of people. But vice versa, sometimes gigging too also tightens you up. And when you're playing in front of ten people, does you know what way do you go? Yeah. I, I wouldn't like to go play in front of a big day out just yet because I don't think, frankly, we're good enough. But I guess doing these smaller gigs sort of tunes you there, but you guys come out of the box just on fire. Well, I'm, I'm pretty speechless that you said that, John, but thanks very much. You're, you're literally on fire. <laughs> we are. That's why I got my red hair, bro. Now, I must admit, I'm, I'm a bit of a fan. I'm a fan of Chuck Ombre. I really endorse your music. I think it's awesome. Um, he's a good bunch of lads. He's like to have fun. So it comes across on stage. You're a bit of a cheeky bugger. It comes across on stage. That's so fun. You're a cheeky bugger, Matt. Me? No. I don't think so. That's the cheeky fence sitter. <laughs> Matt's just sitting on the. He's not cheeky. He's just. Yeah, he's wise. He's sitting on the fence. I am. I am. I was talking about the next time we get together and have a gig, bring your little podcaster, and we'll have a bit of a live podcast on site at the gig. That's not a bad concept, my friend. You know what I mean? Yeah, we can even record it and throw it on YouTube. Yeah, it would be great. As I say, all all promotions, good promotion. Yeah, live on, on scene and um, show what it's all about. So, yeah, let's get let's get the old uh, original scene up and running. It's a big ass, but yeah, look, I mean, it's it's you know what, it's it's gonna it's one of them things I reckon talking about the music scene where original scene where people are gonna go when it goes because people eventually go it won't go away. It's always gonna be there. It's always gonna be there. And the thing is, it doesn't take much to make a difference if everybody's on the same sort of age and the same frame of mind, and they they're trying to push something. Then, you know, who's to say bands can't band together? You know, pardon the pun, but you know. Um, and join forces in in gigging together, getting venues to be a little bit more proactive in in getting bands to come and play, and 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 accepting the fact that a lot of these new bands they can not only just pull a crowd, but they are playing good music. That um, in one day you never know in the future the, these bands could actually be the next big band that comes out of Australia, Western Australia, anywhere. You know what I mean? Like you might be hearing their track on the radio over and over again, and if you don't give them the start. You know, all the time of day in the beginning, you miss out. I mean, radio's almost, it, it's struggling too, because yeah. the thing is, people can go and listen to what they want, when they want. Online, yeah. Is this the death of, of I know it's, it's becoming... Broadcasting, yeah, maybe. In a way. You can go and... Podcasts record. are going through the roof. These record, things are... Record your live gig and just put it on YouTube, mate, and you get more interest than if you uh, were to play it on radio, I guess, because you've got a wider market, haven't you, to start with. If you've got... Two million strangers in the world that like your music, that and and it's being put out there for the whole world to see, and you limit yourself to maybe only playing on local radio and never go anywhere other than playing on local radio or around the traps, you never get noticed. But two million strangers in the world could actually like your music and really make you go somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of people in the world, man. It, it is happening. I mean, there's there's I notice. With the young kids and that, they 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 get on YouTube and then they've got and I've done some recording with some young kids coming through and then I said, oh, what do you want to do? And they're not covering songs like Beyonce or a Jay Z or a you know sort of a, a Bruno Mars song. They're actually recording something that they've seen on YouTube that just someone else has done and they want to they want to cover their song because it's their favourite song. So 
that's the thing. I mean, you go back to the to the 60s, 70s, and that we were limited a little bit for choice because there was probably. I mean, I'm just going to pull a figure completely out of my ass. There was probably. I'm going to just say say 230 albums made that year worldwide, but now you're getting 230 albums made within a within a local area. And the other thing is also that. Back in the old days, you relied on uh, a recording deal or, you know, a promoter or something like that. Nowadays, you can record your song in your bedroom, upload it, become quite famous because you're getting this exposure from around the world, and now the actual recording labels find you. You've already done all the hard work for them because you've got a massive fan base. People know who you are and everything. You're more attractive to them, aren't you? You know, in the long run as well. But even without the recording labels and that, you can still become famous like two million people or whatever figure you want to put on it if that sort of um that sort of amount of people are going to get onto you then yeah like in the old days like i say you'd be relying on a record deal or you know a manager and this and that you don't necessarily have to go down that path anymore do you no and i think things like top of the pops and a lot we used to watch young talent time and uh one with molly meldrum molly what was it called countdown Countdown. yeah Countdown. it's all now been replaced by x factor The voice. It's just the same formula, but just changed up to, to suit the now that we're in, isn't it, really? Yeah, yeah true. Well, The digital age, mate, the digital age. It's interesting to see how it all turn out. But you can love it or you can hate it. At the end of the day, it's there. Everybody can use the tool. It's not like it's not open for anybody to use. And in a way, if you use it wisely, social media, the internet and all that can be a wonderful tool for you, you know? and um, help you getting yourself off the ground and, and getting a broader market. Why not? It can be a good thing. Can be. Can be. The only thing is it might saturate the market as well. So. And it makes the product less valuable. Well, it gets back to being discovered once again. So you've now got it out there, but you still have to be discovered. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. But then again, there is, there is um, exceptions. You know, there's, there's bands out there, not that I'm a fan, but, you know, like Short Stack and all that. They were just internet bands. They just uploaded shit onto to YouTube and all that. Those fuckers got picked up, got record deals, got concerts and tours and all that sort of shit, you know, and all they were doing is pissing around, posting a video. So it's not like it can't be done. Yeah, I think it can be. Very interesting. And it's just the way it's to go. So, look, if you're young, um, very easy to, to do it. If not, there's places around that can arrange that for you. The Rock Garage can arrange that for you. <laughs> Shameless. Absolutely shameless. Well, well, we are the only sponsor of this podcast. I hear, I hear Blue Bone Entertainment. Yeah, they sponsor this podcast as well. Don't they? Oh, they got a little bit to do with it. They got a little bit to do with it. The dude that runs that that gig is all right. Oh, he's shonky. Yeah, I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mate, um, okay, go. While I've got you, there's there's a question I was thinking about. I was thinking about this on the way on the drive down. With with the culture shift of remember remember the like say our dad's age they all had nicknames like Bonky Taylor yeah my or old boy or, was. Or, or Gripper or Gripper Steve's Stevenson or you know they had these dad, awesome nicknames my dad was Bluey can you guess why <laughs> no because <laughs> he was a ranger <laughs> you know like they had sort of the nicknames like oh Rui or bloody Psych and you'd have all these different nicknames for sort of you don't get them much anymore eh it's no. like Philo or Davo. Yeah, everything just puts an O, Shano. We've, we've turned into a coffee sipping. Jio. Jio. Jio has a. Jio has a Geo. 
Ronnie Gio. Ronnie James Gio. <laughs> Ronnie James Gio. Uh, yeah. I've always wanted to have a band called Johnny John and the Johnulators. Well, that's almost as good as mine. You know, you got Johnny Diesel and the Injectors. Yep. I always wanted to have Joey Petrol on the carburetors. <laughs> Joey Petrol. It's a fucking good ring to it, hasn't it? <laughs> Joey Petrol and the... Hey, Joe Petrol. Joey Petrol on the carburetors. <laughs> <coughs> Fuck, there's been some funny band names come out there. There's some... It could be everything a band name, but I think a bit of humour in there is pretty good. Joey Petrol and the... Carburetors. What type of carburetor would you be? Uh, I'd go 750 double pumper Holly, mate, or even a 1080 Dominator. Or Demon Carby. Uh, Joey Petrol and the Demon Carburetors. And you love your cars. What's your favourite car on the planet? Come on, mate. I love too many. But if I was have to... Because um, you're a Ford man, eh? I'll, I'll drive anything except not a Holden. If it's a Commodore, I'll steer clear of it because they're like assholes. Everyone's got one and they're shit. <laughs> uh, but basically, if somebody could say, what's your dream car? I'd probably go a uh, 69 Shelby or even a, um, you know, 69 Shelby Mustang or even a uh, Shelby Shelby Coupe, you know, with a uh, 427. My dad, he used to have a, he had a, a long time ago, and he had it for a few years. It was a lovely car, XR GT. Nice. 289. They come out of the Windsor 289 in them. Um, now... He actually ripped it out and put a 351 in it, so he chopped it up a bit. And, yeah, done a bit of work with the gearbox or whatever, but the thing used to absolutely hike. Yeah, I, I think it would be a nice car to own. Um, my cousin's got a uh, 67 Shelby Fastback, and he's uh, done a bit of work to that, taking the engine out. The standard 349, put a 351 Windsor stroke to a 415 with a 471 supercharger and shit on there. Mate, I love... The XB coupes. Oh fuck yeah, man! I had an XB four-door Fairmont three-five-one C six nine-inch when I had until I put it up a fucking tree after drinking too much piss. <laughs> Didn't do that again. Nearly killed me, mate. So um, that's a lesson to uh, all you people. Out there. The old man, this day and age, he's been he's been working on it for ten to eleven, maybe twelve years, maybe longer, maybe fifteen years. Beautiful old EHU. Nice. Still got the sun visor. Had the white hardwall tyres on it when we bought it. Um, uh, what happened was a, a guy owned it, owned it. He had had one owner. He died young, and she kept in the shed, and she could never sell it because it was his car, and could never drive it because it was his car, and it reminded her of him. And yeah. we got one out of the shed that had been sitting there, but everything had, you know, like all the rubbers had gone and everything because it had been sitting still. But low case, and yeah, we've got that at home, so we're just basically cutting the old paint off it because it's gone because the paint's gone, and they're just giving it a repaint and putting all new rubbers and joints and all, but we're leaving it dead stock original. The interior's in immaculate condition because um, it had a, just a sheet thrown over it, so it never saw sunlight. Yeah. So we've still got all the red vinyl in good nick. What engine? It's got the uh, 186 in it. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I think it's standard or upgraded? Nah, it has now because it came out with a 172. No, 172. Did it? Yeah, right. Is it 172? It might have been a 179. Yeah, grey motor. Well, the grey motor was like a 138. Yeah, it might even be that. It wasn't. I can't remember exactly what motor it was. I think it's 179, to be honest. It might be the 179. And I think the farmer guy had actually already bolted the extractors on it just to let it breathe better. Yeah, right. Nice. But it... Um, yeah, all, all the every panel on it's just straight. There's a little bit of rust under the uh, where the spare tyre goes because it's just used to condensation. The water would seal under there and it wouldn't evaporate because it was kept under a sheet. Yeah. 
but um, no, she's beautiful old girl, mate. And uh, yeah, mate, there's some good cars. Got some mates with some wicked cars as well. Yeah, I've got plenty of mates with wicked cars. Shocking. Shocking. What's the, what's the most ridiculous car you've ever seen? What's the most ridiculous engine you've seen gone in a car that should not have that engine in it? Ooh, I've probably seen a uh, 1927 T-model with a 396 Hemi with a uh, 871 GM supercharger on top and then on top of that Enderley injection. So I think I've seen something similar like that bolted into a Gemini. Yeah, that'd be pretty sweet, wouldn't it? Hey? <laughs> Ridiculous. Although, although my mate has got a pretty good, um, we go creek bed racing each year down at um, Cookerin and he's got a, an old Mazda Bongo van with a 400 Chev in the back of that. <laughs> Driving uh, 16 and a half inch dual tractor tyres on the rear, so that gets up in boogies. What? Uh, just explain to the people what what creek bed racing is. Creek bed racing is when you take a car, modify it to uh, whatever you really want, and try and get through the creek bed as fast as you can. And it's a single car, times trial type deal. So um, the mud mud's probably anywhere between four four to five feet deep in sections and then we have a uh, what they call bong water pond at the end and that yeah that does a little bit of uh, damage to a lot of cars especially when they hit it hard but yeah, it's good fun that you know we've got v8 powered bongo vans you have um toyota salikas put onto a uh, toyota land cruiser chassis with like 351 v8s in them you've got you know wb statesman's with big blocks with uh, tractor tires on them old you know chev utes with tractor tires on them and stuff trying to get through so Awesome. Is there a particular car that does better than others? Yeah, usually the Bongo van because he's um, pretty much been there from day dot, so he's nutted out. He's got the Bongo he uses through the creek. It's got a uh, F100 four-wheel drive chassis, Bongo van body on the top, and the 400 Chev mid-mounted in the back, so it goes pretty hard. <laughs> That's impressive.
Hey. Hey, yes, you reckon it's kept for you. Welcome back to the Stacks Podcast. I'm sitting here once again with Joe from Chuck Hombre. Joe, on the show, we do love to have a bit of a talk about some conspiracy theories. Uh, people have talked about JFK, people have talked about chemtrails. Joe, is there anything, it doesn't have to be a conspiracy, but it's something out there that you believe actually exists. Is there anything? Yeah, ghosts. So you're going to tell me a bit of a ghost story, mate. <laughs> what happened there? Well, I used to live in a house <clears throat> a few years ago. I, ne- I was never a believer. And um, the amount of events that un- unfolded after this one occasion, um, yeah, it, it turned me into a believer of ghosts for sure. Have you have you ever been somewhere or saw or just think that you've seen one or been in the presence of a presence? Yeah, mate. Uh, like I said, this house I lived in, we had a guy crash his motorcycle on the front lawn of our house and um, hit the tree. He was he had been drinking a bit too much, crashed into the tree out the front of our house and uh, ended up dying on our front lawn. His name just happened to be George and he hit our tree out the front. So me being, you know, the type of asshole that I am, I um, was on the piss one night and decided to sing George, George, George of the Jungle, watch out for that tree. And uh, what turned out to be unfortunate for George turned out to be a pretty haunting moment for us because uh, the house ended up becoming haunted. And um, things that used to happen in that house, you know, I was only... 18 years old we had um you know lights would get turned on and off pictures would be moved you'd straighten them up and and you know make sure they're hanging straight on the wall later on you'd go in there in that that room and it would be it would be back on an angle or um i'd be in my bedroom listening to my radio or my, my tape at the time you know tape deck and it would stop and i'd think oh well you know maybe the tape deck's chewed up the tape or something like that or so i'd i'd Go have a look, pull the tape out, perfectly fine. Check the player, nothing wrong with it, push play, it'll work again. I'd walk out my bedroom, close my door, make sure it's shut, you know, push on it to make sure it's latched and that. And uh, half an hour or so later, the door would be blown in the breeze. You know, bong, 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 closing and opening, closing and opening. So I'd go and pull it, pull it shut, make sure she's locked again, you know, and stable. And sure enough, later on you'd hear it blowing again or teaspoons would just end up in the sink at night after we had uh, done all the dishes and one one special occasion that was pretty um comes to mind was i walked into the house one night and my uh, sister and her husband at the time who i was living with they uh had really weird white looks on their face and i said um what's going on they said oh we've just seen a ghost and i said um no i don't think you did they said well we've seen something because that terrarium over there I don't know if you're familiar with a terrarium, but it's like a glass indoor planter. They said the lid of that just picked itself up and flew up in the air and shit. And I was like, nah, surely. Yeah, whatever. You talking? You sure they weren't just like on the piss and like, oh shit, we broke, we broke his terrarium. Fuck. What, what, what can we do to get out of this pickle? Well, <laughs> later, probably, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't believe anything that had happened, whatever. You know, just in one ear out the other, because I wasn't a believer of ghosts or anything like that at that particular time. And um, sure enough, probably about a week or so later, let's say, me, my sister, my nieces were all sitting in the house. They were the only ones there watching TV. And I seen a random flash out of the corner of my left eye. And then all of a sudden that said terrarium that they'd spoke of earlier, the lid picked itself up, flew it in the air and come crash landing back down and shit, you know. My initial reaction was, we've got cats at the time, so it must be one of the fucking cats, you know. 
ran over to have a look to, you know, take it out there, you bastard, whatever. Look back, both of the cats are sitting on the couch with my sister and my two nieces, and we're the only people in the fucking house. That was my first experience, and I was just like, get fucked. Mm, That's pretty freaky. Get fucked, man, you know, like nobody else did it there was no other explanation there was no windows open it wasn't a windy day it was just you know probably 8 eight thirty at night just normal everyday night then another occasion um me and my good this friend, is all it, this is all the in the house. same house all in the same house and this all happened after i sang george of the jungle so i must have pissed his spirit off because literally he died on our front lawn also his motorbike ended up in the next door neighbor's house and then the other neighbor that the opposite next door neighbor to us went, picked the motorcycle up, took the keys out of it, turned it off, and then proceeded to go around to his house because he didn't live far from it, the accident site and robbed him while he died on our front lawn. So he had vengeance, you know? He he was looking for revenge, I think. Sort of fucker off. would do... He's on the lawn, Dying. fighting for his life. Someone picks up his bike. Takes the keys out of it. Takes the keys out of it. Goes around to his place because he knows he's not going home in a hurry. Yep. And, and robs him. And they lived the opposite side to where I was. The house he ended up crashing into, or his bike went into, turned out to be his sister's house. And she was my sister, who I was living with at the time's good friend. And we didn't know this. We didn't ne- we'd never met John. Um, his name was George before, you know, so that was a bit of a coincidence. But the other thing I was going to say is one day we were, s- we were sitting in the kitchen. There was me and my good mate Shane who'd just left before. And... Um, we heard a, a bit of a, a skid, like a car tyre skid over the kerb out the front of my house. My initial thought was, oh, that's my mate Boothy. He was supposed to come around, so he's just arrived. So I think he had a four-wheel drive. Didn't really think anything of it. <clears throat> anyway, as I proceeded to get up to go around to the uh, the side door where they were pulling up, the kitchen bench pulled, just lifted itself off. And that was like a um, cement cement bonded onto bricks you know, wood, cement bonding onto bricks, kind of... Uh, so like an S-stone top sort of... Yeah, like a, like a wooden top with a, you know, a flat yeah. bench sort of thing. And that pulled its whole, its whole self out of the brickwork. The whole entire top came off, almost hit me and my friend Shane. Then at the same time that all this was going on, my brother-in-law, who was in the car with my friend Boothy, come running in looking for a fire extinguisher because Boothy's car just caught on fire at the exact same time in, in my driveway. And uh, turned out it was a fuel line that had been... It, he was running on gas and petrol. Been like it forever. That one one point of time, the fuel line decided to spurt off the engine, or off, off the uh, carby, onto hot exhaust and catch his car on fire at the same split second that that bench top come off. <clears throat> How do you explain that? Um you know, different things that used to happen. I used to, I used to have to sleep in the fetal position, mate, in that house because it used to freak the fuck out of me with the blankets over my head because, um, yeah, it was so freaky. If I was there on my own, man, shit that I used to hear and see, you know, like... What was your, what was your mechanism for coping with the fear that you had of... I mean, because you obviously believed and you believed that something was going on. So when you were home alone, you would have obviously done things to... Did you distract yourself to make sure that you weren't thinking about it? Would you would you try and tell yourself, oh, no, everything's fine, I'm okay? Well, it, it, was, it was hard because, you know, I'd be home, I'd go for a shower. I'd come back into my bedroom after having a shower and get changed. And as soon as I turned my light on in my bedroom, I'd see like a, a figure sitting on the end of my bed. 
So it'd freak the fuck out of me. So I'd go back in the bathroom, shut the door, and how how old are you at this point in time? About eighteen. All right, so young. Yeah, young. That's what I mean. You know, it used to used to freak the fuck out of me. Just just a lot of the things that used to happen in that house. Um, like I say, one day me and my mate Shane had just left. We were sitting inside the house and um, we decided Shane wanted to have a go on the guitar. So he put my guitar on, cranked it up loud, put the distortion on loud, and just started you know nutting out a tune come on let's get this ghost motherfucker out come on ghost come on ghost you know just being a funny cunt after having a few drinks and uh, i instantly had like a weight on my shoulders like someone was literally standing behind me pushing down as if to say pull your fucking head in mate so i just got this feeling and i was like quit it stop it bro stop it and you're you're i mean you're not the only one in the world i mean there's people all around the world that have had the same things going on i mean amityville horror poltergeist i mean it's all based on these events that people talk about with exactly the same type of occurrences that you're going through so there could be credit i think there's definitely credit like i say I, i never believed until i experienced it for myself and i don't think anybody ever will if they've never experienced it and that's just one you know, one occurrence. I've seen it at other people's houses and stuff. In the and it all started when you sang George of the Jungle. Exactly right. So it was almost like um, after after experiencing it at your at my own house, you could kind of sense it in other areas. Yeah. Uh, you know, and you have to, like, turn off sometimes. I just thought, like, I made a bad joke tonight about my friend said, I'm going to a Moulin Rouge party tomorrow night. I need to dress as something French. <laughs> I've turned around and said, why don't you wear an Eagles from Death Metal, Eagles of Death Metal shirt and put bullet holes in it. Bad taste, mate, bad taste. <laughs> and, um, you know, like, and go as like a zombie or something like that. So I'm going to get home and I'm going to have like a hundred French angry ghosts in my... You're going to have hate mail, man. You're going to have hate mail, aren't you? In, in my house. Uh, <laughs> trying to poison me with bad croissants. And, oh, man. Yeah, not good, not good. But, um... That's heavy. That's heavy, man. It is. It's quite fucking heavy. Unlucky for them, you know. Nobody wants to go through that shit. Well, on that note, Joe, awesome talking to you, brother. Good talking to you, mate. Eh? It's, been, it's been good fun. Matt didn't say much. I think he's falling asleep. Uh, might have been the lung busters he punched earlier. Matt, good talking to you. <laughs> he's falling asleep, Matt. Good talking to you, man. Looking forward to jamming with you again soon. Hell yeah. Keep it real. All right, boys. This is the podcast, Stacks Podcast. I'm Joy. Brought to you by the Rock Garage and Blue Bone Entertainment. Look, if you're a if you're a sponsor and you want to come on board and uh, throw your name around here, we're open to that. We're also open to uh, you guys coming on and having a yarn. If you're a muso that wants to talk about other stuff, apart from the music, just splash your gigs out there. Get on down to the uh, to the Rock Garage and put yourselves down there forever on the Stacks Podcast. We're having a great time in Quinana. I'm gonna have one more beer and then we're heading we're heading north. Sorry, we're in Rocco. Rockingham, and uh, we're out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.